Hello and welcome to another episode of Always in Escrow. This is Serena Appel and I am joined today by my co-host Colby Burchin. Hello, Colby. Hello, Serena. And we are joined by the fantastic, the creative and inspiring Sonia Howe of Sonia Howe Jewelry a culturally inclusive brand crafting modern, demi-fine jewelry using quality materials at affordable prices, worn by celebrities featured in major media and recognized for its unique trend-focused designs. Sonia, welcome to the show. Hi, how's it going? We are so excited that you're on. I know my family follows you on Instagram. Your your jewelry designs are to another level. We love it. So thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm so here with you guys. So what was the driving inspiration behind launching your own jewelry brand? And how has that initial inspiration evolved or influenced the direction of your designs over the years? It all started like when I actually had a full-time corporate job over a decade ago, like in 2010, right? So um, I realized there was a demand for quality jewelry at accessible prices because I would shop at Nordstrom or any other major retailer and and I'd see designers selling stuff for like over $70 back then. You know, obviously now it's like with inflation, it's different. But over like 12 years ago, $70 for a pair of earrings that were made out of brass and 14 karat gold plating. Like you're kind of like, oh, that's insane. And it's not even going to last because there's a brass underlining. So and it would always cause me an allergic reaction. So I was always dreamt of something where it was, you know, where we need to have something that was made out of quality ingredients, like 18 karat gold and sterling silver, and something that lasted forever and something that was affordable at the same time. And there was really nothing out there. And there, was no, there wasn't like a major brand or, you know, that did it. So I decided to just kind of venture on and like, I slowly built it as I did have a corporate job. I used to work at Disney. So I just slowly took my time building it. And like, you know, we appeared on some TV shows. We, we sold it on TV shows here and there. And um, what really got my big break was when in like 2018, I just ended my job at Disney. And, um, and I got like the figure skaters to wear my jewelry because it was the Winter Olympics of 2018. And this was before like D sliding to people's DMs was like even a thing. So I kind of like started, <laughs> so I started to slide into these ice skater DMs when it was announced in the media that they were going to be competing for the Olympics for the U.S. So I started to slide into like Karen Chan, Chen, Mariah Nagasu. And I solicited them because they were Asian. I figured that the probability of them responding back was higher, honestly. And you know what? It worked. They responded back to me. And, you know, I figured it was an opportunity because this was before they got big. They weren't on the Olympics yet. They just got selected to compete in the Olympics. So I knew that their their following was small, which made them even more approachable. And so they wore my jewelry. And what do you know? Mariah made it big. She became the first U.S. women's figure skater to land a triple axe at the U.S. Olympics. And so she was wearing my good luck earrings at that time. It was like the fire earrings. And those pretty much went viral. They went, they went, you know, I got featured, they were featured on Pop Sugar as the good luck earrings because they were made out of white quartz. And white quartz is known to help bring energy, a positive energy. And it 
they credited my earrings for that, and it was great. We were on CNBC, and it, you know, it was on the Today Show at one point. So over time, I did evolve it, right? So being, I started to become more culturally inclusive even more during the pandemic when Asians were being attacked and, like, there's a whole stuff hate. And that's when we started to be featured on more um, of the press, like, in People and Style, uh, Business Insider, NBC News. We were chosen as an AAPI fashion brand to support back then. And I realized, like, you know, the importance of inclusivity because, you know, people were always talking about size inclusive, right? A lot of brands are doing that. And I wanted to kind of focus something that was like more culturally inclusive. So it celebrated not just, you know, the Asian culture, but like all cultures. But, you know, I do have pieces that are Asian inspired and that have, you know, brought me up in the media for that. So, you know, I'm also wearing them right now. These were like our more popular ones that was on Pop Sugar. It was um, our chopstick earrings. As you Stunning. can see. <laughs> Stunning. No, they're beautiful. So, you know, chopsticks represent happiness and teamwork and cooperation. And it also is known to bring good luck to couples. So because, you know, two is always better than one. And that's why you got the two chopsticks going on there. And that's where the design came from. So, yeah. So I, I, I wanted to create designs that were modern and trendy and also culturally inclusive because I felt like this is something that we're lacking right now. Incredible beginnings and your big break. Okay, so can you walk us through your process for establishing connections with the press and then collaborating with even more celebrities who've worn your jewelry? So I surprisingly did not pay a single dime in PR and marketing for that. And I know a lot of big businesses, big brands, they pay millions of dollars. And I was able to do it with zero dollars, especially as a small business. You got to be creative. So the way I did it was I literally stalked the writers. You go look at an article, you find the writer's name, and like I always have been doing since 2018, sliding to people's DMs. So I was literally sliding to their DMs on Instagram and soliciting them my stuff. And you know, some people, obviously you would have to deal with 90% rejection, but you know what? You will get that 10% that will reach out to you. It kind of like, is like a domino effect where if you're on one, other people will find you and they will, you know feature you on their own without even telling you stuff. So that leads me into let the audience know what makes your jewelry different from other jewelry designers. I design them in a modern way that at the same time that celebrates different cultures. And for example, you know, I got my chopstick earrings that celebrates the Asian culture and it's done in a very modern trend. You know, it's something that you could wear every day and it's lightweight and it's affordable. It's made out of um, quality materials and this is made out of sterling silver and it's under $50 um, so again what makes me different is that is our Asian inclusive designs and I also have other designs like you know the evil eye it's part of the Greek culture you know I am coming out with more and more designs that celebrate some Mexican culture next year and other cultures well, your online shop, your direct-to-consumer kind of storefront is fantastic. It's robust. It's easily searchable. The images are clear and just so vibrant. So congratulations there. But if you could see your jewelry featured in any retail store, what would be your dream retailer? And how do you envision your brand aligning with their aesthetic? So I would love to be in like a major retailer like Bloomingdale's or Nordstrom. 
major retailers like Neiman Marcus, but you know, I have listed them, but you know, in the past, and I obviously got rejected because they are only focusing on bigger brands with a very big following. So, so obviously, so I have time to build that, you know, even though I got rejected then doesn't mean that they'll reject me later on. So um, that would be my dream. So how do you balance the fine line between creating accessible luxury and maintaining the quality of your products? I actually cut my profit margins a little thinner because of that. Um, I want, I have a very strong passion for developing, using high quality materials at an accessible proper price. And that is where one area that, you know, not just cultural inclusivity that I'm focusing on as a designer, but also affordability, right? So I want to focus on making things more accessible. And it, if that means taking a cut in some of my profit margins, I'll do it because that will help expand my reach, hopefully, you know? You don't hear that often. I mean, that like that's unbelievable that you do that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I am a direct consumer brand, so it does make it or feasible when it's DTC versus when you're going through multiple channels of distribution. Wow. Okay. And how about, okay, so that's a little bit of the, of the behind the scenes. What about a behind the scenes story or an interesting anecdote from your experience working with celebrities and being featured in the media? Do you have a little tidbit for us? Yeah. I mean, like, so the recent one I did, I was, I provided jewelry for the movie Joyride. It was have you guys heard that? It yeah. came out. Yeah. Of I do provide um, jewelry to movies and TV shows, and I do get celebrities wearing them. So that was that is how I do it, or um, most of the time. So I had Ashley Park wear these chopstick earrings in the movie. I don't know if you saw it, and we had other like Sherry Cola wear our fire earrings that were also worn by the Olympic athletes in 2018. So Sonia, what, what advice do you have for an aspiring jewelry designer looking to enter the industry? Maybe something that you weren't expecting. What would you tell people? A lot of people think that, oh, you're a jewelry designer. Oh, you just, you it must be easy. You just sell an Etsy. No, it's just a, it's a business. It's just the same as starting, whether it's starting a clothing line or starting your own brand, your makeup line. It is the same thing, the amount of work you have to do. You have to, you know, do photography. There's digital marketing. There's sales. There's development. All those elements that people don't think that jewelry people deal with, and they do. People think that, oh, you're a designer. Do you just, like, make do beads in your little studio and just sell it? No. You have to market. You have to get models. You have to do editorials. You have to, you know... There's like a whole thing. You have to do a website, you know? Like a lot of people don't know that this is like being a jewelry, being in the jewelry business is like a lot. It's the same thing as being in any other businesses. So for the advice of people starting out who say that they don't have the time because they have a, they had a full-time job, which is exactly what I had back then, just take your time. I honestly was, when I had a full-time job at Disney, I was doing it on the side. I was doing it after work for like two hours a day. You know, and I just took the time to build it. There was no rush. Well, it is such a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for giving us a sneak peek into your life, your world, this incredible jewelry line that you've created. Please tell our followers how they can follow you and shop, shop, shop. My jewelry is available on our website at soniahow.com. It's S-O-N-I-A-H-O-U.com. And you can also check out our stuff more on our Instagram at Sonia Howe Jewelry. It's S-O-N-I-A-H-O-U-J-E-W-E-L-R-Y. 
Perfect. You are our jewelry genius. We are so inspired by you. Thank you, Sonia. Thanks so much for having me. It was fun. 